Hey everybody, welcome back to Gone Outdoor Radio here on KWSN, KFGO, Scotty Brewer, Kyle Agri, Brewer Agri Outdoors. And we're going to continue after uh, getting you all fired up listening to Forrest on that last segment. We're going to continue on here, uh, not with Forrest in his story, although I would love to hear more of that. Uh, we are going to chat with Scott Stenstall. He is a Shields muzzle loading expert at the Fargo Shields store. Because, uh, you know, muzzleloading seasons are opening up as we speak. Uh, Minnesota opens up, I believe, today. North Dakota yesterday. South Dakota opens up in another week. And, you know, they're going to go for a couple of weeks. And although this is interesting for me because I have never muzzleloaded. Kyle, I don't believe you have either. No, No, I have not. So this is all interesting stuff for me, and there's a lot of guys that are very avid muzzleloader hunters and muzzleloader shooters. So we wanted to get some more information on exactly how that works, how how the guns work, because they're not nothing like what the pioneers used. You know, they've changed a lot. Although I think you can still use those. There's been a lot of technology advancements in it, just like there has been everything else. Welcome to Gun Outdoors, Scott. Well, thanks for having me. So rules vary state to state. You know, more so than I think a lot of other firearm seasons, you know, from scopes to types of guns they use and all, all that. In North, and I'm assuming you're probably most familiar with North Dakota. So what are some of the rules for muzzleloading in North Dakota? Uh, really good question. Well, one of the big things, North Dakota was actually one of the original states that allowed scopes to be used, but they could not have any magnification. So that was one of the big differences now. They're, those are getting harder to find, but big difference, North Dakota, Minnesota. Minnesota dropped any restrictions on scopes, so you can use any scope you desire there, magnified or otherwise. North Dakota, it's a little bit harder to get a tag. Uh, over here, more commonly, people are probably running a red dot because that is still legal so long as it does not have magnification. Okay, yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. So what kind of range are we thinking of? Um, You know, are we talking 50 yards, 100 yards, two, 300 yards? Depends on the shooter in the site when it comes to the red dots because most common are going to be either a 3MOA dot or a 6MOA dot. So that's basically going to be the equivalent of 3 inches or 6 inches uh, that that's covering at 100 yards. Uh, so depending on your eyes and things like that, how you can hold over is kind of going to determine. I know people that can shoot comfortably to 200. I think most people are going to be more comfortable in that 50 to 100. And, and you know, it's probably a fairly realistic ask for most of the modern muzzle loaders. It's, but like I know people that have shot a little farther. Scott, when you talk about, you know, people being proficient with that firearm that they choose, the, the, the bow or whatever it might be that they're using to harvest an animal, what's your recommendation for folks? How much time do they need to, to kind of give themselves before they go out into the woods, out into the field to get familiar with something like a muzzleloader? Well, I'm, I'm a long range guy. Typically, um, I, I, it's a hobby to shoot on steel and things like that with a centerfire rifle. And then I, you look at hunting. So I've got two standards I go by. I go by minute of angle when I'm trying to shoot long range. And then I go by minute of dead when I'm hunting. And when I say minute of dead, that's wherever distance you can go to keep three projectiles within a six inch circle on your target. Cause if we put that on the middle of the shoulder, we're going to be in the kill box each time. So that's, that's the you should practice and you should be able to do that. And if you're not throwing ounces outside of that, you know, six inch circle, 
I'd say you've you've had it, you've had your practice. So I will say that Scott right now is out on the sales floor at Shields. He is so busy uh, working, selling these muzzle loaders, talking muzzle loaders that we couldn't get him off the sales floor. So if the reception is just a little bit scratchy, that's why. But the this information is so important, we wanted to get it out. Scott, so a, a modern a modern uh, muzzleloader isn't nearly as easy as a standard centerfire rifle that a lot of people are used to, but it is much easier uh, than the original flintlocks. Isn't that right? Oh, yes, absolutely. Um, I'm still kind of a fan. I do hunt with a 36 caliber flintlock. I use that in the fall season for turkeys in North Dakota. I didn't get a tag this year, but if it still remains to be legal, that's what I would like to be using for my fall hunts on it. It's It's really kind of a neat thing to go out and, and harvest one really old school like that. Um, and that's just a 65 grain round ball. But yes, by comparison, the, the, the newer guns, most of these are going to be an inline. Uh, a lot of them are going to be detonated by either a percussion cap or a 209 primer. Um, much, much easier to clean these um, when you get done for the day shooting. Uh, and that's a good point. You should always clean a muzzle loader. You can't really just stick that back in the corner after you shoot it, or you may have permanent damage to it. So at the end of the day, you, you, you are going to want to clean that one. Just a, a quick note on that. But so, yes, no, they're definitely much easier to use and you can get, you know, much greater ranges on them. So what, and what kind of projectiles are we shooting? Are we shooting just round balls or are there slugs that you put in there or a combination of both? Well, like you were mentioning, the, the earlier guns, the percussion, the flintlock, yes, there are still people that shoot traditional patch and ball. Um, you know, and again, it's just it's, it's kind of a neat old romantic way of hunting like that. Uh, the new ones are going to shoot some form of a sabot, or uh, so it's going to be typically like a 44 or 45 caliber bullet encased in a, a plastic sleeve or with a plastic base that fit the bore of 50 caliber and then that's going to be your projectile. And yes, just like sabotage slugs, they are typically a, a great deal more accurate and they've got additional weight over the round balls. So they are going to be lethal at longer distances. How about loading them? You know, obviously you're not going to get, get a couple of quick shots like you would with a center fire. How long does it take to efficiently load a, a traditional muzzle loader? Well, I'd say on average, if you were trying to go fast, probably 30 seconds. If you have a speed loader, uh, a lot of times when you're in the field or even at the range, you're going to want to carry a, a couple of tubes and they will have additional pellets and bullets in it. And then a lot of them will even carry the extra primer. So with that, if it's preloaded, you can just flip that cap off, kind of tip it upside down, drop your powder and your bullet in, get it started, have it seated, and then put a new primer in. But I'd say, you know, the, just when you're starting off, 60 seconds, probably to 90 seconds is going to be more realistic. So I would guess a lot of people get into muzzleload hunting for deer, um, for the nostalgia, for their tradition, and for extending their season because it's a great way to extend your hunting season. Scott, uh, you work at the Fargo Shields, and you're there right now, but I'm pretty sure you don't work there seven days a week, but you're there quite often. So if people have any questions, they can come in and visit with you anytime. Oh, absolutely. 
All right. We really appreciate you coming on Gone Outdoors, teaching Kyle and I a little bit more about muzzleloading as are our listeners. Special thanks to our Gone Outdoors show sponsors, Raysport Marine, Adventure RV, Lakeland General Store in Denville, Minnesota, Devil's Lake Tourism, Linex of Fargo, and Ion Ice Fishing, and the all-new Ion Alpha Electric Ice Auger. Thank you for tuning in to Gone Outdoors. Follow along when you go out into the field, in the woods, or on the water. Gone Outdoors podcast at kfgo.com, kwsn.com, or Apple Podcasts. You can always visit us at breweragrioutdoors.com and on social media. Until next week, from Scotty and Kyle, we will be gone outdoors. Mm-hmm.